It's the Nothing But BS Podcast. And now, here's Brian and Scott. And we are live. live. <laughs> Welcome to Nothing But BS Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. And we're excited to be talking about money. Money, man. Take two, right? Take yeah. two. This is episode two of the Money Talks. Right? That's right. Episode nine. Episode nine, Absolutely. streaming live on Facebook for your viewing pleasure. Although Scott's a gorgeous man. I have a face for radio, uh, <laughs> but I sound way better. So I got that working for me. Um, but no, we're, we're streaming live on Facebook. And uh, this is obviously being recorded live for the upload to the podcast on Spotify. And everywhere that fine podcasts can be consumed. Um, super excited to be here talking about the, uh, the moolah, man. The moolah. Yeah, I, I know we got a lot of really good feedback from last week when yeah. we were talking about money and uh, just the, the I mean, no secret about it. The plata. Spend, spend less than you make. <laughs> no secret, right? Um, but for those that are watching on live on Facebook, drop a one. Uh, let us know where you're calling in from. Uh, if you're watching uh, a replay, let us know where you're calling in from. I know we're international now. Um, that being said, drop a two if you're watching this replay and you know i'm excited to go into this because we talked about money last week the the moolah the bacon the cheddar the cheddar the cheddar the cheddar, the, the cheddar whatever you want to call it right gotta get that bread <laughs> gotta, gotta eat that gotta wheat that. <laughs> <laughs> gotta eat that wheat hey joshua green what's going on yorktown good to see you, buddy um lucas carla from florida good to see you on here as well appreciate you guys tuning in uh, so we can talk about how to eat that wheat, how to get that bread, right? Um, you know, just to recap, one. right? We last week we talked about obviously spending less than you make and going over simple concepts, different way to track your money, um, whether it's you know budgeting, printing out your spreadsheet, or, you know having a spreadsheet, printing out your statements, figuring out whatever it is to be able to give yourself more back. Basically, like you said it last week, which I love is basically giving yourself a race, right? Figuring, figuring out where you can, where you can cut corners from the, from where you, you and your wife paid off a bunch of debt, right? Yeah. When you were younger and you know how I was able to pay off debt, what worked for me, what worked for you, but now let's get to, let's bridge the gap now. Yeah. So now if you find yourself with extra money, what do you do with it? How, you know, how, how can you make money work for you rather than you continually be in that rat race yeah, and always working for money nine to five. Right. And cause this is one of the things I love talking about. And I know, I know you like talking about it too. Yeah. It's just the different ways to make money. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think before we, before we get into that, I, I think we need to break down, you know, the different ways of making money because I, I know that like growing up, you know, my dad was like, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a degree, get a job, work 40 years you know, work 50 hours a week for 40 years for a company. And if you're lucky, you'll retire at 65 with a gold watch and, you know, you'll be able to watch squirrels on the porch. That's right. That was the plan. That's, that was the plan. And there was no deviating from the plan. In fact, I didn't know that other plans even existed. I'm the same way. I had three plans, three options when I was growing up and drop, drop a three in the chat. If, if you're here live and can relate to this, what Brian and I are talking about, my three plans given to me by my, by my father Option number one out of high school was get a job. Yep. Option number two was go to college. Yep. Option number three was join the military. Yes. I think every, that think, is it. I think every guy in our generation got those same three options. And dad was like, dad was like, here's, here's what you're not going to do is you're not going to graduate from high school and then camp out on your mom's couch. That's, That's right. Not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> it's like, you're going to go to, you're going to go to, you're going to go to school. You're going to join the military or you're going to get a job and you're going to pay rent. That's and right. you're going to work on getting your own place. And that yep. was the plan. I mean, yeah, right on. Exactly correct. So, um, yeah. Mr. Jason Sevilla, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for joining in. Uh, but yeah, so those those were the three. And, I, and I'm just like you. I didn't, I didn't know anything outside of that existed. Yeah, nobody talked to me about brick and mortar business ownership. Nobody talked to me about royalties. Nobody talked to me about uh, – now, I knew my parents invested – but I knew that they invested in this sort of like nebulous sort of, I know my parents invest kind of way, right? right? But nobody talked to me about like, hey, you should start putting money away as soon as you're making money 
Like, you know, I, I was 26, 27, maybe before I, you know, finally was like, Hey, this, this, you know, whole like starting an IRA thing might not be a bad idea. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, just because yeah. nobody, nobody talked to me about this stuff. And I think, I think that's part of the problem, man, is, is a lot of folks, if they grow up in homes where money isn't talked about money, isn't well, money is talked about, but it's talked about more from the perspective of like money doesn't grow on trees, you know? Right. If people come from a household where they're not taught the principles of, of investing and saving and real estate ownership and wealth building principles, then they never learn them. And if they never learn them, then, you know, you can't expect people to apply that stuff in adulthood if they never learned it as, as a child. So I think it's great that we're talking about this stuff because I think there's a lot of people out there. In fact, I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of people out there that are going to be like, holy smack, why didn't somebody tell me this 10 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Mr. I mean, Fred Avina, thanks for joining in, sir. I'm glad to have you on. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I, it, it's, I, and I'm, I'm the same way as you. I mean, granted, in the military, you know, they, they, they sit you down. Um, I, obviously you weren't enlisted, but if, if you're enlisted military on the call, you, you understand this and they may have done the same thing for officers where they had, you know, they sit you down the first week of boot camp, and they're basically like, Hey, if you don't have a checking account, here's, here's how you make one, but here's an IRA, here's a TSP. We recommend you do this here. And they, they don't explain any of it, but they're basically like put, you know, put 5% of your paycheck to this every month or 7% yeah, or 10, yeah. some and arbitrary you're like, number. I and you're like, you're like, dude, I make $8 a month. I'm not putting a dollar of it in this thing over here. <laughs> right, right. It's, and you know, you don't even know what that is. And you're just like, okay, well, I guess a hundred dollars of my paycheck is gone every month. And I, cool. I don't know where that, is, that what that actually means. I don't yeah. know what, you know, a G fund is or nothing like, and nothing like none yeah. of that. Well, and, and, and you know, it's funny, you joke about, you know, well, you weren't enlisted or whatever, but on the officer side, they don't even talk to us about that stuff. They expect us to already kind of have that crap figured out on our own. Right. They don't, I, like, I, I Which mean, it wasn't scary, until, right? It wasn't because... until I was in charge of sailors and, and some sailor asked me something about TSP. And I'm like, I huh? went to the chief and I was like, Hey chief, um, what, what's TSP? He was like, get in here, <laughs> idiot. Let me explain it to you. Right. But that's the truth. I mean, the, with a lot of the stuff they, they take for granted with the officers that like, oh, we don't need to teach them about that. So they already know about that stuff. Well, I'm sorry, man, Which, but just because somebody went to college and got a degree doesn't necessarily mean that they grew up in a family that taught them about money. Right. Which blows my mind because you can apply that to any anybody in the civilian world that has just an undergraduate degree. Yeah. Right. You School doesn't teach you wealth building principles. School no. doesn't teach you how to be able to create something for yourself. They teach you how to be a cog in the machine, which is, is absolutely necessary. Right. And I think this kind of segues us into, into talking about what we're talking about, right. That linear versus leverage income. Right. I mean, there's, look, there's, there's so many different ways of making money. Yep. Okay. Um, Some of them are linear in nature, meaning you're trading something for that money. Right. Linear means, you know, maybe you're trading your time. Maybe you do data entry and you get paid $13 an hour to do data entry. That's trading your time for money. Maybe you're a plumber. And so you're a skilled laborer. And so what you're trading is not your time necessarily. What you're trading is your expertise and your experience, but you're trading that for money, right? Because people are like, you know, how can a plumber charge $125 an hour? They're not charging you $125 for the hour that they're at your house. They're charging you $125 for the hour that they are at your house and the thousands of hours they've been building their craft over the last 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years, right? That's right. So it's the value that they're bringing to the marketplace. It's the value. It's the value they're bringing. So, but you're still trading. You're still trading something for something. That's linear income, right? That's right. It, it, you know, even if you... Um, you know, let's say you you conduct a seminar and you're going to do a, an educational seminar. You're charging people to come to the seminar. You're not necessarily trading for your time, but you're trading money for your knowledge. Right. But it's still linear. Right. They're paying you one time to share your knowledge with them one time. Right. That's right. linear. Leveraged income, also known as residual income, also known as passive income, also known as mailbox money. Yep. Um, revenue stream, uh, cash flow, right? You know, leveraged income is money 
that you don't have to physically be present to earn. And that shows up over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And it's, and there's plenty of different ways, right. To do that. It's the way I was taught about leverage income was, you know, it's, it's doing something one or a few times and then to have the ability to be able to create, to create income over and over again from the efforts you've done one or a few times. That's right. Right. So, you know, and, and this is where it's super prevalent nowadays when, when you're talking about social media, like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all of these other platforms where someone makes a video one time and depending on how many views and, uh, you know, streaming through ads and stuff like that, that that video gets, I mean, you can make serious amounts of money from the efforts you've did, did one time. I mean, the, it's, it's crazy just to show how, where our society is going nowadays. I mean, look at the, I, th- I think it was last year or the year before the number one earner from YouTube mm-hmm. made over $20 million and was seven years old. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan's toy reviews. If you know who Ryan's toy reviews is and you're, and you watch this on live, uh, live drop a, drop a four in the chat because this kid made over $20 million, number one earner on YouTube and seven years old just by reviewing toys. And that is, that is leverage income. I mean, if, if a seven-year-old in 2018, 2019, 2020 can make $20 million in one calendar year, I can, I'm, I'm, it's safe to assume that times have changed, right? When it comes to how people can make money. You don't need an upper level degree. If you're YouTube, how do you even pay a seven-year-old? So it's, and, uh, and I did this research one, cause when we started our podcasts, you know, it is, you know, when it comes to monetizing, whether it's podcasts or YouTube videos and stuff like that, there's ads that they, they basically, they can insert ads into these videos. And this is the, the easy way of explaining it. They can insert ads into these videos and there's certain, certain payouts for those ads. Right. And if so many people view that ad, it's counts. One of them is counts for melee. So every thousand views on that ad, you get paid a certain amount. Why aren't we so putting we, these live podcasts on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Scott. You told me you thought of everything. <laughs> so when you get these videos with, th- with millions of views, right. And on like on YouTube where it's, there's that ad that's, you know, in the middle like, or two that are in the middle, one at the end. Right. And you have mil- times, you know, break it down a thousand times, you know, a hundred thousand times $15 an ad, you're looking at significantly significant amount of income. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Right. So, so let's go back to just, just to kind of keep things um, tight here. Right. We're talking about sources, ways of creating income money. Ways of making money. Who wants to make more money? Put a four in the, did we already do four? We got five? Five. Five, five. five. Put a five in the chat if you want to make more money. I should see fives like going right through the roof, right? Right. Everybody wants to make more money. Here's the challenge. Most people never get to a place in their life where they can move from linear to leveraged income because the overwhelming majority of the time to move from linear to leveraged income requires a large capital investment or a large time investment. One of those two things, right? So you either have to make a large capital investment in real estate property, for example, yep, to buy up real estate properties and manage those properties and cash flow those properties, or large sums of money invested in the stock market to have dividends to live on. And then you're also at the whim of the stock market, right? Um, or, a li- or a large time commitment. I mean, I did 20 years in the United States Navy. Yep. 20 years. Now, granted, I am extraordinarily grateful for my retirement check. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't go back in time and do anything different. I'm very, very blessed. However, that was 20 years of my life that I traded for a, a check that shows up every month that I don't have to physically report to earn. Right. So you're going to pay. <laughs> that's the thing people you're going to pay for your leveraged income. You're either going to pay with money or you're going to pay with time, but you're going to pay. Right. You're going to sacrifice to get that leveraged income, but leveraged income again, 
because it's leveraged, pays you over and over and over again. So once you've established, let's call it $1,000, just say it's $1,000. So you found a way to establish $1,000 of leveraged income. Well, now if you've been trading time for money, for example, and now you have a thousand extra dollars every month, that's a thousand dollars worth of your time. You no longer have to trade. Yep. So you just bought your time back. Yep. And now, now you can take that time and you can either spend it doing what you want to do, sitting on the beach, margaritas, glass, whatever you want to do, right? Right. Or you can take that time to create even more leveraged income. Yep. And, and that's where, you know, I think there's the, that, that gap that's missing, I think. And, and this, cause they don't teach you this in schools is, you know, when, when people are talking about, you know, the, and I, you hit the nail on the head, you're anything in life, anything in life, you're going to pay one of two ways, time or money. That's right. Anything in life, time or money. Um, it, it, essentially, right. When you break That's it right. down, but the, you know, when it comes to schooling and stuff like that, you know, when you, it, 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 there's just that huge gap when it comes to, so when they say like, you know, Elon Musk, who's worth however many billions of dollars, Jeff Bezos how, worth however billions of dollars, they, they invested time and money at the beginning. That's right. And it grew exponentially to write, right. to write. And they, and then they were able to reinvest in, you know, it's not like they have multi, uh, billions of dollars sitting in an account like the average person does, you know, where they have all of their savings or all of their, you know, and all of their checking. And that's, that's all they have, right? Nothing else. But these, these guys, like people like that, they're spreading, they're spreading their revenue streams are creating more and more and more residual and leverage income. And because, you know, it's like you said, it's, a, it's now their money is working for them. And, you know, we don't get taught that. And I didn't truly grasp that in, until, you know, several years ago. And once I figured out how to be able to make different money, money, different ways. Well, let's, that, so, so let's give an example of, of what we're talking about, just to kind of put a real yes. world example on it. Let's say that you, um, you decided to start a lawn mowing business. Yes. So you purchased a lawnmower, you purchased a weed whacker, you purchased a blower and a trailer, and maybe you already had a truck and you got some insurance, you got a license, okay? And you start picking up clients. You're trading your time for money, even though you own that business, which owning traditional business is often a leverage tool. However, in this particular case, if you're mowing the grass, you're still- It doesn't start off that way. That's right. You're still trading your time for money. But then let's say you start building up your client base, building up your client base, building up your client base. And now you've got more clients than you can service at the level of customer service you're accustomed to providing. So you say, you know what? Um, I've got to do something here. I'm going to hire my friend Scott to work for me. Yep. And Scott's going to mow half the grass and I'm going to mow half the grass. And I'm going to pay Scott $15 an hour when I'm making closer to 25 or so an hour, but I own the company and I'm responsible for the, all of the equipment and all the liability is on me. So too bad, Scott, you're only getting 15 an hour. That's right. But guess what? Now I'm getting paid $10 an hour for every hour that Scott works. Not that yep. I work, but that Scott works. And maybe at some point you build up to where you have five employees, 10 employees, 15 employees, and now you're not mowing grass at all. You got three crews that are out running and all you're doing is managing the business. And then you hire an office manager and then you hire a general manager. And at some point you're out playing golf and you're making money. Yep. There's, and but yeah. it started with you sacrificing your money and, and your time to get it going. Now, now you've created leveraged income. You have money coming in when you don't physically have to be present to earn it. So yes, you could be on the golf course, but here's what else you could be doing. You could be starting another lawn business yep. or you could be starting a moving company yep. or you could be taking some of that money that you're now making and you could be investing it into investments that are making an average of seven to 15% per year in, in average growth, especially in today's economy. And you could be taking that money. You could be putting it away in CDs and in places where it's going to grow. And you could be making your money work for you while you're on the beach. <laughs> and, and it's crazy too, because like you and, and add the more the more I'm involved in it, the longer I'm around it, the the more successful people I, I, I get to talk to is, you know, the 
it's the, this, this information is all open source, right? Yeah. But this isn't a secret. No. And, 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 and what it's crazy is like, like I said, the more successful people that I talk to, they're, they're open about what they're investing in. They're open about what, like that, what yeah. moves they're making. Cause they want to see more people win too. It's Listen, crazy. You want to get, you want to get rich, take a rich person to lunch. Yeah. They'll tell you everything. They'll tell you everything they did. Yeah. I, what was it? Um, who, who, who said, was it, uh, was it Grant Cardone? Who, who, someone said, someone said it, but if you can't buy a seat at the table, serve water at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you can't buy a seat at the table, serve water just to get in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just to be able to hear, hear that stuff, right. There's so many podcasts out there. There's so many videos. There's so many, you know, ways to learn about this. There's stuff. not so many podcasts out there. Scott. The only <laughs> podcast that's going to give you everything you need to know is the nothing but BS podcast. It's the only <laughs> one you need to listen to and you need to listen to it religiously and tell all of your friends and, and share this video on Facebook and spread it throughout your entire network because this is the only thing you need. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Just had to make a little correction there. Subtle marketing, subtle marketing. <laughs> can you, can you, can you, uh, can you see how terrible of a stage seller I am? I'm just not very good at that. Um, but that's never what this was about. This was about sharing uh, great ideas and helping people to improve their, their long-term financial situation to help people meet their goals and, and just have greater success. Success in general. principles. Yeah. yeah, man. I went live earlier today talking about, you know, perspective and expectation and how that affects the way you perceive the world. Remember we had that conversation about you. So I, you said you hate the phrase perception is reality because perception is not reality. Uh, perception my, is your perception and reality is reality. That's right. But interestingly, perception can affect your reality, not That's the right. reality, but it can affect your reality. Right. Which is why I say perception is not reality. Per your perception is your reality. That's right. That's right. And, and I, and I was talking about that earlier today on live and when it comes to money, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of the same thing. I think people don't, they don't know what to do and therefore they don't take any action and they just kind of end up in this, just kind of stagnant sort of trading time for money, trading dollars for money. But here's the problem is it is we live in a challenging world, man. Things are getting more expensive. I mean, it's challenging. And here in the United States, by the way, we are abundant beyond most oh people's wildest imaginations. Goodness. The poorest of our poor. And I'm not talking about the, the folks that are struggling with mental illness and those types of things. That's different. I'm just talking about people that we consider below the poverty line here in the U.S. are wealthy by third world country standards. I mean, that's you know. Right. We're, we have a poverty line that still affords people smartphones and flat screens. You know, we live in an abundant nation, right? Yep. But here's the thing. People aren't educated on how to create and maintain wealth. And that's yep. what we're trying to talk about here today and, and share with you guys some ways that you can create a long-term and you can start now. It's never too late. You don't have to be like, well, you know what? I, I didn't start saving when I was in my twenties. So I'm toast. No, you're not. Yeah. You know, we were, we were talking about uh, linear versus leverage income trading time versus creating income that shows up when you don't have to physically be present to earn it. Right. There is one way I can think of that you can create leveraged income without a large upfront capital investment or time investment. And there's only one way that I've ever found. I think we're thinking of the same thing because I, I and the more that I've been branching out and, you know, cause I've, I, I, we have our business venture together. I I'm, I'm starting another, I'm starting a traditional brick and mortar company right now, a currently a logistics. Oh, you company. poor bastard. Yep. No. A traditional <laughs> brick and mortar, a logistics company. I'm starting that, which that, oh my gosh, the headaches of that. It's, there's so much that goes into yeah, it. Which you don't own that business. It owns you for at least a little while. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm working on a patent right now. Yeah. So, you know, a five, patent. What's 5%. That? You built it in my driveway. I want 5%. <laughs> I didn't sign yeah. an NDA. I will give away your secrets. I want my 5%. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> that, and then, you know, my, my car rentals, right? So the, it, none of it would have happened without the first way. That's right. right. I never would have figured it out. And, you know, 
I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you spill the beans on what that is. And what, if I'm thinking about the same thing, yeah. that you're talking I, I think, about. I think you probably are. Um, and, and, but I want to kind of, I want to kind of draw this out a little bit because I, I want to draw us a, a, a really intense contrast here. Let's say that you're like, okay, Brian, I want to create a leveraged income. So how do I do that? How do I create a leveraged income? I'm working full-time in my job. I'm, I'm working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. I got a family, but I want to start creating leveraged income. How can I do that? And my answer would be, you can buy rental property, mm-hmm. right? In Southern California, you're going to have to own it for a while before it cash flows, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest, okay? Yeah. But in other parts of the country, you can, you can buy a house and you can rent it and make a few hundred dollars a month. Right. Let's if take a lucky, garden. If you're lucky. And, if until, you're lucky. and this you're is lucky. where, you know, we're talking about this real quick and I don't mean to cut you off, but this is where, when I talk about, you know, real estate's a great, great game to be in, especially for, you know, when you're talking about leverage income um, long-term or to have that liquid asset or to have that equity long-term. Sure. But when it comes to residual income, every couple, a couple hundred bucks, every, every month, that's truly not 100% residual because you you want to have a you know a emergency fund you you because if something breaks guess well, who has to pay for it remember remember we talked about to 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 build a leveraged income you're going to have a large capital or a large time investment right yep with real estate you kind of have both yep you kind of have both yep because real estate's the long game yep. right i'm not going to get rich on rents until those properties are paid off. That's right. Then I might get rich on rents, right? Yep. And I'm going to have a lot of assets, which is awesome because I can start selling those assets off in time, which is cool, right? But that takes time. I mean, an average mortgage is 30 years. Yeah. Even if you did 15. So now you're talking about investing the money into buying the properties, but also investing the time into, into, into scraping by on what little additional cash flow rent you can get for those 15 years until everything's paid off. And then you get the big payoff at the end, which is properties, you know, that are, that are free and clear that you own. So, you know, real estate is kind of the long game and you have to invest both time and money, right? What about, um, what about investments? Okay, Brian, I'll just invest all my money in the stock market. Okay. Well, you got to have a whole bunch of money to invest in the stock market. To win, or to win IRAs enough. or well, yeah. IRAs are bad. So that's a, that's a, a, a retirement fund. That, but you get the idea in order to make money on dividends, investments, those kind of things, you have to be investing a lot of money to live on that money. Okay. Unless you're um, day trading, which you're investing a lot of time and money. And a right? lot of risk. And a lot of risk. It's very a volatile. A lot of if, risk. Unless you know exactly what you're doing and it's still it, volatile. A lot of risk, right? I mean, I yeah. got a buddy of mine made $30,000 in a day on the stock market the other day and then lost 16 the day after. <laughs> now he's still up. But the point is, you got to be willing to ride that roller coaster, right? It's kind of like gambling at the casino. It's kind of like blackjack. So what about traditional business ownership? That's a way to create leverage. But that costs big money. And big time. And big risk. Yep. Right? 90% of, of startup businesses fail. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you, better be, you better be well backed. You better have a rock solid plan. Like, you, you know, you, you can't just go into something like that willy nilly. Nope. Right? You, you got to know what you're doing. Yep. So you run the risk of, of potentially losing that business. And oh, by the way, you're on the hook, man, right? If you've got, you know, uh, $250,000, $500,000 in assets to a business that you're opening and that business goes under, you're still on the hook for those bills. Yeah. Right. You're still on the hook for that lease. Yep. Or that mortgage on that business, on that commercial building, right? You're still on the hook. So depending on what title bankruptcy you file, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right? Until of course, until of course your BK goes through and then you're, and then you're good to go. Um, but then of course you live with the ramifications of that credit hit for sure. a long time. And, you 100%. know, I mean, there's, there's, there's consequences to that. So creating a leveraged income, most people never get there. Yep. They don't have the resources. They don't have the capital investment. They don't have the time investment. They're too busy trading their time for money to invest the time that it would take to build a traditional business or something like that. And so as a result, they never get there. Now, the really super fortunate, 
that go to work maybe for the federal government or go to work for one company for 30 or 40 or 50 years, those very, very few, they're unicorns, man, they will get a retirement in time, which is very nice. But in very few cases, does that retirement support their lifestyle unless they've also been saving and investing in all these things along the way and paring down their lifestyle so that when retirement hits, everything comes together. That requires, again, a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience that most people are never given. So, And one thing about that, right, when you're talking about, I think the last statistic I read, read from Forbes that put out was that and the average American, when they hit the age, when they hit the retirement age of 65, they only have enough saved up. I think it's like for two years of retirement to live the lifestyle they're currently living. Yeah. Yeah. And that's frightening. That is scary. That's scary. Well, it's scary because of the type of lifestyle that we are accustomed to here in the United States. See, that's the other thing Right? is right. when we talked about all that abundance and all that wealth that we have here in the U.S., you know, we're our middle class. Come on. Our middle class is like filthy, stinking, rolling in it, reeking rich as compared right. to the rest of the world. For the, the majority of the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, our middle class drives, you know, 50, 60, $80,000 cars and in California anyway, lives in million dollar homes. That's our middle class. Right. I mean, that's just unreal. Right. Yeah. Um, and now, granted, I don't want anybody to take offense to that. I, I understand that that is not the case necessarily across the entire United States, those particular statistics. But I think you understand that the middle class in our country, we have plenty to eat. We have plenty to wear. We have a roof over our head. We have the creature comforts of internet and electricity and running water and all those kind of wonderful things. And that is not the case in most places in the world. That's my point. Okay. Yep. Um, so we have put ourselves in a position now where we want to maintain all of those things, those creature comforts and all of those things in retirement, right? So it, it's really difficult to do on, on half or on a third of what you're accustomed to living on. So now we got the problem isolated. What's the solution? Put a six in the comments if you're watching this on Facebook, if you're ready for the answer. <laughs> that, that Brian and I have found. That, that we Brian and I have found. I, it's, the only, I, it's the only way that I've seen it. I mean, <clears throat> um. I've looked, I've searched the world over, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not the world's renowned expert on everything finances, but honestly, I mean, I've, I've looked into a lot of different things and there's only one thing that I've found that allows you to begin creating residual income or leveraged income, as we call it, um, without a huge capital investment, without a huge financial investment. There's only one thing. And, and a huge time investment. And a huge time right. investment. Yeah. Upfront time investment. It requires the investing of time, but not but it's not. it's not massive when you're it, talking it, about creating residual income in other ways. That's right. And it's not front loaded, right? right. So like my retirement, the Navy, that was front loaded. I did 20 years. Then I got a retirement check. <laughs> so it was front loaded time investment, right? Um, it's the only, the, the only thing I've seen. Yeah. And, and, and it some, and has such a negative connotation on it too, which is blows my mind. I it was so weird. So, so some people will hear this and they'll go, Oh God. And then some people will hear it and go, yeah, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right. I would ask you if you're inclined to roll your eyes when I say what I'm about to say, just, just hear us out for another half hour. Yeah. The only way that I know of to create leveraged income right now today to start earning it now, start receiving it now, Right now, today, without a huge capital investment, without a large time investment, is network marketing. Yep. I agree with you 100% on that. It's and network marketing. Yeah. I mean, and there's so, it, it, such, it gets such negative connotation, but yet there's so many, so many successful individuals, extremely successful individuals that said if they got everything taken away from them and had to start all over again, and they were asked where they would start, they all have said in the network marketing industry. Well, and for those that aren't entirely familiar with network marketing, um, it started, you know, what, 70 plus years ago Yeah. Um, with some very staple companies that you're probably familiar with. Mary Kay Cosmetics, uh, Avon, Amway. Tupperware, Amway. These are companies everybody's heard of, right? What are everybody's... the knife one? What's the knife one? Cutco. Uh, Cutco. Cutco. But go. Cutco had a little bit of a different model. Mm -hmm. They actually, they actually hire salespeople to go door to door. That's, door that's direct sales. Yeah. That's, that's direct, direct sales. sales. Yeah. That's like, 
Hey, want to buy some knives? Um, a little different, but net were the traditional network marketing model. And by the way, the ladies, for whatever reason, you guys have this thing wired. I mean, you have it nailed, right? I can't tell you how many times, <laughs> you know, years ago, decades ago, my wife would say, Hey, Brian, Thursday, I've got to go over to Susie's house because she's having a pampered chef party. <laughs> and, and so I got to go over there and I got to buy something, but I promise I won't spend more than $50. And I'm like, you, you, you have to buy something. Why? You don't even know what she's selling it. You, but you have to buy. So she's like, yes, I have to, I can't go over there and not buy something. I'm like, go Etiquette. It's- Why can't you go over there and not buy something? I don't understand. <laughs> but, but, you know, but that was the model. Right. You have a friend, you ask them to have a party at their house, invite all of their friends. You come, you bring inventory that you paid for. You show off that inventory. You hope those people buy things. And most of the time they will as a, as a, as a courtesy. And as a thank, thank you to your friend that hosted the party, you know, you bring the wine and the cheese and you give them maybe some free product or whatever as a thank you. That's right. that, that's the, that was the typical. That was network. the archaic, like. In yeah. Case, the old school, old this school. is how, this is how we do it. <laughs> the, uh, the old school network marketing model. Right. And now Amway had a little bit of a different twist. You know, they would invite people over and they would draw circles on a whiteboard and they would explain this whole plan. And then they yep. would show off a couple of products and they would say, you know, enroll and start getting the stuff you're buying at Walmart and getting it from yourself and that kind of thing. But that was the old school. A lot of things have changed, man, in the network marketing industry. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. And, you know, one thing, and I, I'm sure, you know, the you've gotten this time and time again, comments and whatnot. Oh, is this one of them pyramid things? Right. In which I love that statement. I love it. Yeah. Because yeah. it just, I mean, there's no business model in the world that is not shaped like a pyramid. They if anybody in the military. chat... If anybody in the chat knows a, b- a business model that's not shaped like a pyramid, can tell me. It's um, a sole I, proprietor. I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Just a sole proprietor. Like if you, okay, if you, right. if you're your only employee and you own a business, fine. But other than that. That can create leverage income too. Yeah. Yeah. I most certainly can. But here's, uh, here's what, here's what I like. There's some things I don't like about the network marketing industry, just so we're clear. Yep. Um, there is some things that I do really like about the network marketing industry. And, and one of them is typically, not always, but typically the, the barrier to entry, in other words, the barrier to get started is usually it's less than a thousand bucks. Which is a pro and a con, right? It, 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 true. Because, because sometimes it's not enough of an investment for people to actually take it seriously. Right. Right. Because but, like when you're, t- when you're talking about traditional business ownership, which is technically, which is in the long game, that's what, becoming a network marketer is right. When you're talking about the ability to create, to create that foundation, to create an organization, to create a business, that's essentially what you're buying is the keys to the castle to be able to build it as large as you want, as fast as you want, as slow as you want, whatever. But when you're doing that with a traditional business, right, you're either taking out a small business loan, whatever it's some anywhere in the neighborhood between $75,000 to $2 million. That's right. Right. That's right. To where, I I mean, if you, if in 30 days it's not working for you, you're you're not going to you're going to be like, "Oh heck, no. I got I got all this money invested into this. Heck no, I'm not quitting." Yeah. I mean, but, I I have I have friends who who own traditional businesses. One in particular that I'm thinking of owns a traditional business. He clears is this, What's that? Is this your your buddy that owns the uh the moving company? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he makes a very nice living, okay? He makes a very nice living. He he lives out in West Texas. Um, he, he does very, very well for himself out there. Um, he's not rich. In other words, he's not like, you know, he's not rolling around in a Bentley with, you know, three Rolexes on or anything, but he does very, very well for himself. He also has millions in liability. Millions. Yes. I mean, if that business goes under, he's on the hook for millions of dollars. Yep. You know, and that's I the mean, common, that's the common thing. Um, I've got another I mean, friend his, of mine. His monthly overhead just to keep the lights on. Yeah. Are, yeah. Are, Tens of thousands. I'm sure. We'll make you, well, yeah, we'll make pe- most people want to throw up. Like, yes. Sure. Yes. And, and by the way, if you own a traditional business, uh, uh, if you own a traditional business, who's the last person to get paid? The owner. You are. <laughs> Everybody else gets paid first. And if there's anything left over, you get it. But if there's not tough, you know, tough cookie. Yeah. You're, you're just done. What's nice about network marketing is, and, and, you know, I got a real estate license, by the way, right? So 
I got my real estate license, love my real estate business, wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, I, I love servicing people and helping people with real estate. I, I, I get a kick out of it. I have a passion for it. I just love it. Uh, and, and, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty good at it because I think, because I love it, because I have a passion for it. That's what makes me pretty good at it. Absolutely. Um, but here's the thing, right? It cost me thousands of dollars to get established as a real estate agent between the schools I had to take, the classes I had to take, getting my licensing and then paying for the MLS access and you know all of the other stuff, your dues and all this stuff. Even if I never had a brick and mortar office, even if I worked completely entirely out of my home, it cost me thousands of dollars to get my license and several thousand dollars a year to maintain my license. And what, what monies am I guaranteed to make as a real estate agent? Oof, nothing. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> nothing. Nada. Zip. Zilch. Nothing. I'm guaranteed nothing. And do you know what? Oh man, I, I I'm try. I I wish I had the statistics written written down because the average. I, I can't even remember what the the average real estate agent makes. One. They they sell one. The average real estate agent sells one point five homes in their lifetime. Ooh. In other words. In other words, the overwhelming majority of them don't make it. They either sell no homes or they sell one home and then they're out. Right. And then, and then, you, then have, you have that skewed average because of the... Correct. Because most of them just, they're one and done or they're out altogether. You have a few real estate agents, very, very few that make millions of dollars and they're extremely prolific and they build big teams and they do all this stuff. But your average typical garden variety, everyday real estate agent that stays in the game you know, is, is making probably between, you know, 30 and 60,000 maybe nationally. Wow. Which is not, that's not, it's not bad. bad. No, that's not bad. Not bad, but it, but it's not setting the world on fire no. and they're spending thousands of dollars to, to, to keep and maintain that license. All of that being said, most of the time you can get started network marketing for under a thousand bucks. Yep. And then what's really cool is because of the internet, because of technology, because we can circle the world twice in a second, right? With, with the interwebs, <laughs> yep. right? The, you know, gone are the days of you had to order a ton of product from the company, stock it up in your garage, take your orders from your distributors, drive their product over to their house and drop it off and all that. That doesn't happen anymore. Now, the customers, they order from a website. It goes from the company directly to the customer. The distributors never touch the product. Right. And, the, and, you know, the FTC has done a good job of regulating this now because there was a lot of there was a couple of companies that got into a lot of heat because so many distributors were buying more product than they could afford, could putting themselves into debt to try to push it off and weren't doing it in, or just to maintain a certain rank or, you know, the certain requirements at that rank. So the FTC has done a really good job now of of making sure that it's not it's not just buying your way. Right. That's right. And and That's right. making it more of a. <laughs> direct to consumer. That's right. And a lot of a lot of network marketing companies got themselves in trouble because they were encouraging that kind of behavior. There was they were telling distributors to buy more product than they could consume and that sort of thing. And that was that was creating a lot of problems, but like you said the FTC's done a good job they've come and they cleaned that up. And so now what we're seeing is, you know, if you're if you're for example exposed to a network marketing company that's been around for longer than 10 years, you can you can be assured they're doing business the right way. They right. survived the purge. Right. Yep. Conversely, if you're if you're doing business with a network marketing company that's only been around for a year or two, that's a risk because who knows if they've been doing business long enough for the FTC to have figured out if they're doing it right or not. <laughs> right. 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 So you got to be careful. You got to be careful in that in that regard. But I, I would tell you that, you know, I've seen with my own from my own experience. Right. And I've seen with my own eyes people's lives so incredibly dramatically changed from a financial standpoint because they got involved in that industry and they took it seriously and they paid attention and they were coachable and they followed a system. And I'm talking about, you know, uh, people with a high school education or in some cases just a GED <laughs> making more money than high school they education ever yeah. thought possible. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, stay at home moms that that yep. didn't think they would ever go back to work and take a traditional job. and didn't want to because their job was being at home and, and, and raising their kids and keeping their family together and taking care of things and 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 found a way to to work on something, you know, around all of their priorities, which was their family and their kids and their home and their, you know, and their, you know, 
and, and end up becoming the breadwinners for the family. Right. End up retiring their husbands yep. from this industry. And, you know, and one of the biggest things that I have, the biggest, one of the biggest problems that I have with the industry as a whole too, is that so many, so many people in the industry, like they, they, they sell from stage, right. Or they sell like, meaning like, oh, you could have all of this. Yeah. If you sign up or if you do, you know, that's a problem. It's, it's a huge problem, right? Because not in it, because it's just like anything else in life there, you're going to have the the super super successful the people that are rock stars at it you're gonna like, have the like average, the real estate agents like the very right. small percentage of real estate agents that make or, millions or like the pro pro athletes or like your CEOs or like your you know or you know it's just anywhere in life look at it anywhere in life right where you're gonna have those people that are extremely extremely successful extremely good at it you're gonna have your average you know your your higher middle management just like in any other company right or like where what that income is. Sure. You're going to have, and then you're going to have the, you know, just the average every day. But when it comes to most, most people that join network marketing that I've ever talked to, I don't know the exact statistic. Most of them just want to make a couple hundred bucks a month. Right? Yeah. Or maybe an extra care. 500 or a thousand or something. Right. Right. Yeah. They want, they want to supplement that. That's how I got, I got involved in network marketing 18 years ago when my daughter was born. Because I was in the Navy, I was going through flight school. I couldn't take a second job. There was no such thing as online marketing. There was no Uber or Lyft. And I couldn't get a job bartending or something because, number one, the Navy doesn't let officers moonlight. And number two, uh, you know, I'm in flight school. I was, I was on the flight schedule every day, and it varied. And I never knew when I was working or wasn't working. And I just there was no way to do that. A friend of mine brought me a network marketing opportunity. And I said, I said to him, and I kid you not, uh, I said to him, I said, all right, look, I'll get involved in this thing but I'm going to work this thing for six months. I'm going to milk whatever I can out of it. And then I'm out of here. I'm hitting right. the bricks. I'm done. I don't want to be a part of this thing. And he said, Hey man, whatever, whatever works for you. We did well enough. Like you talked about, I did not set the world on fire. I was not making $50,000 a month or some stupid claim like that. I was making between a thousand and $2,000 a month consistently, which was all the money that we needed to make to be able for my wife to be able to be a stay at home mom and yep. be at home with our kids. And that's what we needed to do. And that's what that opportunity afforded me at the time, the ability to do. And I think that's what network, that's the real power of network marketing for the average person is it gives them options. So instead of running out of money, right when they run out of month, it gives them options and allows them to have a little bit of extra money to bring that spouse home from their job while the baby's little, if that's what they want to do, or to take that extra thousand dollars a month and invest it. So they can start creating leveraged income. They can start having their money work for them. Right. Yeah. It just gives people additional options and, and you're right, man, but let's address the elephant in the room on this deal now, because we're talking really highly of network marketing. And there's a lot of people that, you know, Oh, I've gotten burned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, network marketing. You know, m- the overwhelming majority of people never make any money. That's probably true, um, but the overwhelming majority of people that join gyms never get buff. Oh, this is a great statistic that I. Oh man, I mean, I know this one right. So, do you know what the how the average gym how many memberships they they have a year? No, I don't know. Anywhere between three to five thousand. Yeah, and it, how many? How big is your average gym? gym? How many? How big is your average gym? Yeah, it ain't big enough to hold five thousand people. <laughs> no, and so when you're talking about the, you know, the people that get a twenty four hour membership or you know a Planet Fitness membership that that monthly subscription, right? They they don't blame the gym if they don't get the results, or I hope they don't because if yeah, they never right. show up, that's right. Hey, can and, I sidebar super quick? Because I just yeah. saw a, a young man pop in on our live Facebook feed here, Mr. Ryan Major player of the game, LSU, LSU Shreveport. Yep. Yeah, absolutely killed it. What did you hit? Two triples and you had six hits. Hit, and He had five. He had five. He had five hits, six RBIs, a triple, and and I can't remember the other one. Yeah. But he killed Just get it. the man a New Jersey that says stud on the back. <laughs> Just says stud and that's it. <laughs> Killing it. Killing it. Congratulations, Mage. Proud of you, buddy. Um, um so yeah, yeah, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I love the shout out. Um, does it well deserved? But yeah, so yeah, three to five thousand memberships. Yeah. That and you know what's crazy is you if you know if you go to the gym, you only you see the same 
20 to 30 faces every single time. That's right. Right. That's right. The, the staff knows the same, you know, the, the average it's, they only have enough room for maybe two to 300, depending on the size of the gym. Right. So that that's where the gym makes their money is they, they, but you don't blame the gym. That's right. right. That's right. You don't sign and, up and say six months later, you're like, I don't have a six pack. What the hell? Yeah. This gym is a scam. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. It, it, network marketing is like any other thing. It's like any other thing. It's like joining a gym, starting a diet, uh, starting a traditional business. It's like anything else. You have to show up. Yeah. You got to show up and you got to show up consistently and you got to show up with the right attitude and you got to show up, you know, with a willingness to do whatever it takes to make it work. It's, it's not easy money. Like people think, because a lot of people try to sell network marketing as like, oh, you just get in and kick your feet up and watch the money roll in. No, 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 no. Network marketing is hard work, but it's hard work on a part-time basis, on your own terms, on your own timelines. And the results that you get are leveraged and residual in nature. Yes. So just like a job is hard work, but a job is trading either money or excuse me, it's trading either time, knowledge, or experience for money. We talked about that earlier, right? That's linear income, trading one of those three things for money. And that's still hard work. My question is, you know, pick your hard. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everything in life is hard. Yeah. Pick your hard, right? You know, like people say, oh, making, you know, making it work in network marketing is hard. Not making it work in life is also hard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is, you know, it's one of those, I, I, and, and one thing that I found, especially in the network marketing industry and is the only way you fail, the only way you fail is if you quit. Yes. Much like the gym. Yes. The but, now, now, but now I want to caveat that. I want, I want, I want to push back on that just a little bit. <clears throat> Because, because I have met people that have been in, let's say, the same network marketing company for 13, 15, 18 years, and they haven't made it, and they're not generating an income, or at least a substantial income, one you know to, to at least write home about. Right? But maybe that company isn't the right, the fit for them, but could, the industry could, could as a be. whole- could be, but I also know people that that they they never quit in that they still go to the meetings and they get on the calls and they do all that, but they're not taking the actions that actually generate business. I was going to say that. So there's a difference there. There's a difference between being a professional meeting attender and actually working. Correct. Correct. So that that's my only caveat to that is you you know you say right. there's only one way to fail and that's if you never quit. Well, the only way to fail is if you never quit taking the actions that generate results. Right. That's, that's, that's a fact, right? Yeah. But it is possible to just be a wallflower for 20 years and never make it. Cause I've seen that. I mean, that's like going to the gym, showing up, walking in, walking around for an hour and a half, <laughs> yeah. visiting with a couple of people, high five in your buddies yeah. <laughs> and not then touching leaving. a weight. And then be like, <laughs> why am I not getting results? Like, yeah. don't understand. I still but, got all this arm fat. I still got <laughs> back fat. I don't understand. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the network marketing industry. I believe in my heart of hearts that it, it, it offers the average everyday person a real true to life opportunity to create a, a, a leveraged income and do it in a way that they can weave it into their existing mm-hmm. lifestyle around their existing priorities. Uh, and, and they can do it with, with no large capital or time investment up front. I'm a big fan, big fan. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this real quick too, is that, one thing that I absolutely love about the network marketing industry as a whole that I think is so under promoted is the personal and professional development that goes along with it. Yeah, it's a good call. I mean, because because of the industry, the network marketing industry itself, I have the mindset, I have the knowledge, I've done the research to be able to compare industries and all of this stuff to where it's given me the ability to be able to create more streams of, of income, to be able to see a vision that I didn't see before of what I was capable of, to be able to, it, it, the growth, the personal growth yeah, is, is so large in the industry. Yeah. I mean, it's- It's a big it's deal. Incredible. It, it's one of the only places that you go 
it's another one of the things that I really do like about the network marketing industry. It's one of the only places that you go where because your success is somebody else's success, they take a personal interest in helping you achieve. Right. They, they, they want you to win. And I love when people go, you just want me to win. So you make more money. Yes. <laughs> yes. But there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, I mean, because if you go say, to- say, say what you just said again, slower. <laughs> yeah. You just want me to win. Yeah. So you yeah. can win too. Yeah. Um, so screw you. I'm going to fail. So you can't make any more money. No, look, <laughs> the, it, the network marketing industry is great because if because the people that are coaching you, the people that are helping you, they're investing in you. They're pouring in you because they want you to succeed more because your success is their success. Right. right. It's just like in a, you know, I have a real estate team, right? We own a real estate brokerage. Okay. If I bring on an agent, of course, I'm going to invest in that agent. I'm going to help that agent. I'm going to help that agent grow and develop and, and improve their skills and all those things because I want that agent to do well. I want them to do well so that they do well, so that they have a great life and can provide for their families and they succeed and grow a successful personal book of business. Yep. As a byproduct, I also make more money. Right. Which but is- I'm being compensated for yeah. pouring into that individual. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with that which is just like most industries. That's called fair. (laughs) Yeah. It's just called fair. So I love that about the network marketing industry because you're right. You know, you don't typically go to work at a company and, you know, and in your, there are companies that do it by the way, which is pretty awesome, but it's very rare that you go to work for a company. Let's say you're working in the mailroom because you're just starting and they have a program to, to push you to develop your skills and maybe become more educated and, you know, improve yourself so that you promote so that you advance. Right. And, and it, I know I like the military is horrible with it. I mean, they don't have yeah. that program for the enlisted until E7. Right. 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 To where, which surprise, surprise in the enlisted community, there's only nine enlisted ranks. So <laughs> at seven, cool. You're already almost at the top. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're already in the one, club once you're there. So, yeah. you know, Oh my gosh. So yeah, guys talking about money in general, leveraged versus linear. Here's what I would say. There's nothing wrong at all whatsoever with making linear income. No, nothing wrong with it at all. It's honorable. It's, it's a day's work, you know, for a day's pay and that is honorable and that has honor and there's nothing wrong with it. And I am not bad mouthing it at all. In fact, I did it in the military for 20 years. I traded my time for a paycheck. Okay. Um, so I, I nothing wrong with that. But what I would say is that if you have a means to create a leveraged income, that's how you're going to create wealth. Yes. That's how you're going to create long-term wealth. And if you don't have a means to create leveraged income, find one. Yep. And if you don't know where to start or you don't, you know, podcasts like this, there are books you can read, you know, find somebody, Reach out to us. Ask us. Yeah. Call 10 friends and ask them if they're involved in a network marketing company. I guarantee you three or four of them will will be. Yeah. You know, Uh, call us. I mean, you know, send me a message on Facebook. I'll I'll point you in any direction you like. If you, you know, whatever you're into, by the way, there is a network marketing company for that. If you're into health and wellness, if you're into skincare, if you're into insurance, life insurance, insurance. (laughs) legal services, telecommunications. I mean, the the, the list is endless. You can find a niche that you're passionate about and, and go to work in there and start creating something for yourself and for your family. And, and the, the really awesome thing is that if you join a good company, they'll, they'll have great training in place. They'll have fantastic, uh, you know, a mentorship in place to, to help you to learn and grow. Um, yeah. Really, really powerful. And I just saw your message, Scott, and I did not tag you. I forgot. I shared it. Again. I shared it. <laughs> Dadgummit, I always miss something. It's either yeah. the public or the tagging or the I'm, one of these days I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get better at the book of faces here in the in the interwebs. And by the time you finally nail it down, we're gonna be just going straight to straight to that's straight right. To, we're gonna be going straight straight to the recording. So yeah, guys, I, I appreciate everybody hanging with us and 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 we're not done talking about money, by the way. Yes, we're not done. I I think we've got another at least another episode, maybe two, uh, yep. of talking about money. I'd like to get some money experts on here with us. Yeah, let's get financial it, uh, advisors, yep. people like that. I think that's a great uh, tax tax attorneys, maybe or 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 CPAs, yes. tax professionals. Yep. We can talk. 
talk to some CPAs? Yeah, man, we can talk about how, you know, real estate ownership, network marketing, a lot of these things that we've been talking about also can offer you some really fantastic tax advantages, oh right? My gosh. So you can- Another huge- Yes, yeah, so you get away right. from, you know, paying so, quite so much in taxes. Um, lots of really great tips. So we're going to talk about money again next week. I'm excited about that. I would ask you guys to do us a favor, uh, you know, drop a comment uh, in the in the feed there on Facebook. Let us know if you're, uh, if you're loving this stuff. Drop a heart emoji. Hit that heart button. Hit that like button. Uh, show us some love there live on Facebook and, and, uh, and share this. You know, sh- if you feel like other people can derive value from these discussions, share it. You know, help us grow this audience and, and drop us some suggestions of some things you'd like to talk about maybe uh, going forward as we're, as we're talking about money and moving on in this discussion. What do you think, Scott? I love it, man. Hit the nail on the head. I'm excited for, I'm excited for Sunday. So we will be back next week with bells on ready to talk about money once again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excited, man. I'm excited for it. Great job tonight, Scott. You're awesome, dude. I appreciate you. Love you, man. You as well, Brian. I mean, it's it's been a blast. All right. Nine down, however many more to go. (laughs) Nine weeks down and countless more to go. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. It's nothing but BS podcast. We'll see you guys next week.